from Relevant Magazine and RelevantMagazine.com, it's The Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, October 15th, 2010, and this is The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in Orlando, Florida studios is the very lovely Josh Loveless. Hey, people. (laughs) (laughs) See, Maya almost said her name. I was. I was ready. Right next to him, Maya Strang. What up, yo? Who's very lovely as well. Uh, Behind the wall of glass on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, Chad Michael Snavely. Hello, friends. And on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello. Hello. We have, and I'm remembering to promo it right at the beginning before I go on a tangent, we have an amazing podcast in store for you today. We have a live in-studio performance by Stacy Clark coming up, and we also have an interview with Randall Wallace. Now, who's Randall Wallace? He is the Oscar-winning screenwriter and director who did uh, Braveheart, Pearl Harbor, The Man in the Iron Mask, and the new film Secretariat. So that's coming up later. It's kind oh. of a big deal. It's kind of a big that deal. Is a big deal. Yeah. It's kind of a big deal. That's coming up later in lowly old relevant podcast. <laughs> yeah, you just thought William Wallace was a name that someone wrote. No, they they wrote their own last name into, into the, the character. Film. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, and the lead the lead character in Pearl Harbor, Randall. <laughs> not, not actually true. William Wallace? No. What? I was doing my William Wallace. What is it? William Wallace? I thought you were choking. <laughs> <laughs> Remember how good I am at those accents? Maya's the resident, uh, what is it, linguist? Linguist. What is it? You can, yeah. Uh, I thought you were eating like gummy bears or something. And they I were like you caught were on the top of your throat. from Braveheart. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Jesse. Yeah. What's that line? Fr- no! <laughs> That's <Well>. coming out. <laughs> Terrible. Well, she does sign sound effects too. Yeah, do you guys just have the DVD in there? It is. <laughs> it is her. It is her dream to be a foley artist. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Yeah. I, I was know. a little confused by is that. This like a, I think it's like a haunted house. <laughs> is that alien? Yeah. Alien. yeah. People can hire me if you want. All right. We have a lot to uh, a lot of territory to cover today, so let's kick off with our entertainment releases. Music coming out in stores on Tuesday, October nineteenth. The uh, anticipated Kings of Leon release come around sundown. Has have you guys heard anything from it? Uh, well, the one song radioactive is the spotlight song of the week on Relevant FM this week. That is true. It's a good, it's a good song. It is a good song. Uh, Liz Fair, who like I didn't know was making music after nineteen ninety seven is uh, coming out with Fun Style uh, and also coming out Third Day with Move. Movie release is coming out Friday the 22nd, Paranormal Activity 2, Electric Boogaloo, <laughs> which actually would make sense. <laughs> Wait, was that, a, was that a legit, like, serious movie that you just read? Paranormal Activity 2 is legit. Electric <laughs> Boogaloo, I added. Okay, okay. Because <laughs> you always add that, right? Right. Yes, okay. Uh, and also Inhale, starring <laughs> Diane Kruger and... The Foley artist in our studio. <laughs> you didn't even have to say. You didn't have to say the, the title. She could have just done the sound effect. And also yeah. coming out. Ding dong. <laughs> I set you up for inhale. We <laughs> were moving on. So I was making up a next movie. No, oh, I thought there really was like a bell. Move. Hold on, I got to get the door. That was an actual doorbell, I think. <laughs> yeah, they, you installed a doorbell at the office. All right, well, that does it for your entertainment oh. releases. Stay tuned. Up next, slices. This week's Relevant Podcast is brought to you by World Vision, Axed, and Malaria. If your passion is education, healthcare, fighting global AIDS, or ending poverty, then we need to end malaria first. And together, we can make a difference and end malaria deaths by 2015. 
To learn more and to see some videos that Relevant created to help in the fight against malaria, visit axetoendmalaria.org. Millions of lives are depending on us, so join us and take action today. Again, the website is axetoendmalaria.org. You're listening to Mike Snow. Uh, the song is Black and Blue, which is playing right now on both Relevant.fm and Relevant.tv. Question, Chad. Yeah. Is it Mike Snow or Mike Snow? I think it is Mike Snow. Is it serious? It really is. There's there really multiple eyes? Two eyes. So yep. you, you, your key didn't it's get stuck. N- nope. Two eyes. Wow, that's exciting. Uh, at the beginning of the podcast, you heard Jimmy Eat World with My Best Theory, which is playing right now on Relevant.fm. Uh, little known fact, early days of Relevant, the drummer for Jimmy Eat World, Zach Lind, wrote an article. No, uh, David Crowder wrote an article interviewing Zach Lind for our magazine back huh. in like 04. Wow. It's really fascinating, actually. Yeah, that was, that was a really cool, cool piece. Because Jimmy Eat World, I feel like, is one of those bands where they, they're even, I mean, I guess among the people that like them, they're just as cool now as they were, you know, eight years ago when they were just kind of coming on the scene. Yep. Agreed. Okay, it's time for Slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right. Well, you guys may have seen this one. It's a pretty big story. The Gap. Uh... Uh, this was last week. They announced a new logo. Right? Are you doing so, another visual uh, they, slice? Yeah. I'm sorry, but you, <laughs> well, you promised well, to not do any more visual slices. This isn't truly visual. It's a logo. I, yeah, yeah, no, 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 but uh, there's a story behind it. Oh, okay. Uh, um, uh, so so they, they, they released this new logo, okay? And uh, it, it hit uh, kind of, they did it kind of under the radar, um, but people notice that the iconic, uh, you know, three letters uh, on a blue, you know, square were gone. And, you know, that's, that's a really iconic American brand. And the new logo, the only nice way to put it is it looked like it was designed in Microsoft Word uh, back in 1998. Um, it is uh, the three letters with a little blue cube behind the P. It, it, it really looks like it was done in an office program. So uh, people immediately went to the Gap Facebook page and just started complaining about how terrible it looks, how such a terrible idea to, to change it from an iconic logo. And uh, so, so Gap tried to spin it, uh, as they say in the biz, uh, <laughs> which is what they call the business in, in the biz. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they try to spin it and say, okay, well, tell you what, let's make this, and they, this is what they use. They try to sound really hip and, and, and social, you know, in, in social media. They said, we're going we're gonna to cr- make this a crowdsourcing project, and we'll let everyone, uh, we'll let everyone who's passionate about it submit their own Gap logo. Hmm. So... Then, like, the design community got all up in arms because they felt like that was compromising uh, their profession. And they said that a company like Gap should actually pay a professional designer and shouldn't use a method like that. And so it caused even more negative feedback. But other people were kind of excited that they were going to get a shot to design the Gap logo. And just recently, in the last couple days, the Gap announced that they were going to call a mulligan here and just go mm-hmm. back to the old logo after all. No way. Despite all Wait, the, the old all new the one or the old one? The old, old one. I'm the old, on the, old one. I'm on the website now. The it's, original one. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. funny. How how crappy does it, do you feel if you actually were the firm that designed yeah. the logo? Well, well, I, I, I pictured like what happened at the firm, like a guy sitting at his desk, like having his coffee. And I this is obviously what I picture in my mind. The boss goes, hey, listen, you ready to uh, present that Gap logo today? And he looks at him, he's like, yeah. And as soon as the boss walks away, he goes, crap, the Gap logo's due today. <laughs> and then he just types the word Gap and it's in Helvetica. And he's like, okay, done. Yeah. Yeah. A little square yeah, right here. Right up. It's the same guy that wrote the Hot Pockets theme song. <laughs> Hot Pockets. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or wrote the map song in Dora the Explorer. I'm the map. I'm the map. I'm the map. <laughs> Am I the only one? I don't even have kids and I know that yeah, song. I, don't watch that I was about to ask you. I, I, how you, you we know. are going to raise our son in a Dora-free household. I'm sorry. You don't want them to habla espanol? Yeah, no. no. Espanol well, yes. is different. Yes, but he could do that by watching Handy Manny. So. 
You like Handy Not aware. Mini. I like Handy Mini. He uh, has a... <laughs> okay, so um, in other logo-related slice news, mm-hmm. did you see that MySpace, in an effort to reinvent its brand... Are they still around? They are. Uh, are, are they announced a new logo as well. And it's... Um, Is it an animated GIF? <laughs> you know, right now it's, it's the uh, blue kind of rounded corner lowercase MySpace with the three people, the three figurines. Yeah. Okay. The new one is black Helvetica, kind of crunched together, M-Y, and then a big, long underscore line. So it's just M-Y with a big, long blank for Mm -hmm. space. MySpace. Yeah. Uh... And then like on the header of the new site design, like every time you come, kind of like Google on holidays, every time you come, the logo will have like different art coming out of the space and stuff. Uh, user submitted artwork and things like that. And the uh, chief technology officer talk, talked about it because it had obviously mixed reactions. And he said um, it's representative of the new direction we're taking the site, which is a swing for the fences overhaul that the old MySpace, it'll be nothing like the new MySpace, which just reeks of desperation in my mind. But they yeah. are desperate. I mean, they've completely lost I want to know what it's like walking through the halls of MySpace headquarters these days. <laughs> Everybody's checking their Facebook. <laughs> if you say everybody, you just mean Tom. Yeah, <laughs> by himself. He's, he's updating his Facebook status. So the, the only guy left Quiet is Tom. In the office and today, all he's yeah. been working on is this new logo. <laughs> and, and he's not a designer, so all he had was Helvetica and a space bar. So it's, all, just, it's all you need. It's all you need. Which conceptually, like I can see, you know, that's that's not, I don't think that's a terrible idea for a logo. I, I'm, I, I'm looking at it right now and it doesn't look very good um but i why, why do companies feel the need to take uh uh you know like myspace the last thing they have no one's using their site the last thing they have is that icon the, the three people you know what i mean I, I i feel like people people know that why take the last thing that uh you know that their brand has and throw it out with some you know crappy the same thing for the gap you know right is is the, did the gap really feel like that was going to help them? It's like the Nike check turning into some you know Nike in Times New Roman. You know, <laughs> right. here uh, Wikipedia says that MySpace made three hundred eighty five million dollars last year. Wow! So they're really not hurting them. Uh, is it that like thirteen year olds are still using it and we're just not aware? I, what's crazy about it is uh, a couple of things for me. I it's still relevant in the music world if you're a band. Yeah, that's true. And okay. and somehow, because Facebook is not really audio, video friendly, you know, as integrated as MySpace, mm-hmm. a lot of bands have, have continued to use My. So it's MySpace is a joke, except if you're a band, you still have to have a MySpace because mm-hmm. people want to know how many plays you're getting a day. You know, it's still a way to use, you know, to get music out there when, when it's free. So, you know, who does use MySpace still? Which is unfortunate that we know this now is Brett Favre. Oh. <laughs> no, I know. I'm serious. He, the, the, you know, he was sitting in these salacious. And I don't, want, I don't want this to become the gossip hour. Okay. This is, you know, I know <laughs> uh-huh. it's in the TMZ podcast. But, you know, Brett Favre got caught in the scandal. Oh, well, allegedly, allegedly, uh, where he was sending messages, text and so forth on, on her cell phone as well as MySpace. And, you know, th- that's, a, that's a shocking story. But also what's shocking, other than the image of Brett Favre, uh, you know, being, uh, you know, tainted by this scandal, is that Brett Favre is on MySpace. How weird is that? Well, Once again, a story buries the lead, right? It's, it's yeah. insane. <laughs> but think about it. It's genius. He figures, oh, this is completely private. Nobody uses this site anymore. <laughs> it's just me and it's, Tom It's really here. just me and the girl and Tom, but <laughs> I don't think he's spying. He's designing logos. <laughs> he's filling in blanks over there. Uh, Wikipedia says that Facebook made $800 million last year. Ooh, so there you go. They are making more money. All right. All right, my slice is awesome. Um, I'm just going to read through it. Why don't it. you let us be the judge of that? Can you just do noises and let us interpret <laughs> what you mean? Kind of like audio charades. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm just going to read this because it's really funny. Okay. All right. A Long Island, New York teenager's bike was stolen by two gorillas and a chicken. Stop it. Yes. <laughs> The Associated Press reports that a young man was riding along Route 25A early Monday afternoon when three people dressed in animal costumes approached him. Oh, okay. Yes, obviously. <laughs> but if, it's just hilarious if you keep reading. There, um, these, were, these folks weren't out for an early trick-or-treat. Um, it says that 
one of the ape-suited crooks slugged the kid in the head and knocked him off of his bike. Oh, my gosh. The chicken bandit then rode off on the bike while the two apes ran away. <laughs> the teenager suffered minor injuries. Is the teenagers it? went bananas and called the police. <laughs> uh, detective, uh, detectives are currently on the hunt for the animal human fugitives. Um, it says costume bandits are nothing new. In August, a woman was reported uh, was arrested for reportedly robbing a bank dressed as a clown. And uh, someone else robbed a bank dressed up as a tree. Another person used duct tape to cover their face. And one wore a beer box on his head. Wow. The tree's yes. pretty original. I'll, I'll give that guy <laughs> Why would you put I, I love it that that's an AP story, horrible. you know? Like, if you work for the Associated Press, don't, you know, you, you can't yeah. believe, you can't really imagine that your career would take you to to those, you know, the depths. Like, how bad of an AP story, a reporter you have to be where the editor's like, hey, listen, got a really hot scoop for you there, guy. He <laughs> uh, got his bike stolen by a couple dudes in a gorilla suit. Somebody's going to name their band. Two gorillas and a chicken. <laughs> yeah, the gorillas, the band, stole the kid's bike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two of the members of the gorillas. But they were animated, so... And a guy who's just really weird. fearful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he, he wussed out right when it started. Yeah. <laughs> two gorillas and a, and a chicken. I like it. All right, yeah, it was like... Yeah, uh, I brought two, and actually the chicken and the egg... And gorilla thing was uh, was one of mine. So there you hmm. go. Yeah, we must have been on CNN.com same time. Like <laughs> same time. I'm just joking. Uh, my other slice, though, that I brought was uh, crazy in uh, Chatham, Kent. Huh? Where Where is that? You ask. The UK, Georgia, Ontario. <laughs> oh. Uh, the police showed up and uh, found a man who had died and. <laughs> They looked at the End scene. Of story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next slice. Uh, yeah, what do we got? Um, <laughs> and they showed up and uh, inspected, you know, tried to figure out how he died as they do when they investigate these sort of crimes and pronounced him dead and just decided he died of natural causes. Uh, and then the coroner showed up to, uh, or the, uh, sorry, the undertakers, uh, showed up, not the wrestlers, Jesse. Um, these are people who actually do the job <laughs> of undertaking, uh, showed up and discovered a knife in the back of this person and the police had completely missed it. Literally really? stabbed yep. in the back, literally stabbed in the back. So crazy. So the undertaker is all upset in uh, Chatham, Kent, Ontario about uh -huh. the police work. And, uh, I believe he thinks the investigators are a little suspect stop it see <laughs> come on people come on no you're booing after all those sound effects you did earlier I have the sound effects okay. that was my sound effects <laughs> she's what's the guy's name from uh, police academy come on michael winslow there it is no that's the dad from family matters um <laughs> <laughs> that's, Car that's Carl, Carl Winslow. Winslow. Carl Winslow. <laughs> Michael Winslow is the. Uh, is it? It's Michael. I know that. Michael. Something. And by the way, it's Officer Carl Winslow. <laughs> Excuse me. All right, well, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Stacy Clark. listening to Animal Kingdom. The song is Walls of Jericho, which is playing right now on Relevant.fm. I'm noticing a lot more Relevant FM selections, yeah, Chad. I did that purposefully to step it up this That's week. nice. I appreciate you stepping it up. Stacy Clark is a singer-songwriter from Buffalo, New York. In 2004, she moved to Orange County, California to pursue music. Since then, she's released two albums. Her latest is called Connect the Dots, which was released this summer. Uh, she's performed with the likes of Copeland, Paper Route, The Bird and the Bee, and The New Amsterdams. And her songs have been featured on The Hills, One Tree Hill, and Make It or Break It on ABC. On September 20th, the video for Hold On uh, premiered on TWLOHA.com, the website for Detroit Love on Our Arms, and TeenVogue.com. Uh, the video was developed to bring awareness to the efforts of Detroit Love in Our Arms, a nonprofit organization dedicated to presenting hope and finding help for people struggling with depression, addiction, self-injury, and suicide. You can check it out at myspace.com slash Clark. Without any further ado, here she is. 
Hi, my name is Stacy Clark, and this song's called Touch and Go. That was Stacy Clark. Check her out at myspace.com slash Stacy Clark. listening to war paint the song is ashes to ashes the video is playing right now on relevant.tv uh war paint saw them at Lollapalooza. fantastic hmm. they were on the side 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 stage like across the street uh packed everybody i mean real rabid following really hmm. really great band hmm. and i think we're pursuing them for a drop I think so feature in the magazine coming up so um Randall Wallace is an american songwriter screenwriter producer and director who came to prominence by writing the screenplay for the 1995 film Braveheart. His other films include The Man in the Iron Mask. I like that one. It was good. Pearl Harbor, We Were Soldiers, and most recently Secretariat, the true story of the racehorse that won the Triple Crown in 1973. Combined, his four films, they have grossed nearly $1 billion at the box office. Wallace won the Academy Award for writing Braveheart, um, and he wrote the blockbuster Pearl Harbor as well. He also wrote, directed, and produced critically claimed we were soldiers in the man in the iron mask he's the best-selling author of seven novels and the lyricist of the acclaimed hymn mansions of the lord huh. performed as the closing music for president ronald reagan's national funeral wow, wow. this guy's, a, this guy's this got quite the resume yeah. he's, seriously. he's a renaissance man this is why I, normally i don't read the full bios but this it's one so is just awesome. is amazing hold on what, what's his myspace he, he won a gold medal <laughs> for bobsledding in the 1987 winter olympics <laughs> In 1999, uh, 
Wallace founded Wheelhouse Entertainment with the purpose of creating original films, music, video games, and books for a, a worldwide audience based on the classic values of love, courage, and honor. His latest film, Secretariat, is in theaters now. It stars Diane Lane and John Malkovich. Our very own Roxanne Weeman spoke to him recently, and here's part of that interview. In frenzied excitement, he eats up the ground. He paws fiercely, rejoicing in his strength, and charges into the fray, afraid of nothing. Um, I was looking at, you know, just looking at your resume and thinking about the movies you've done, and they're all very different, from Braveheart to Pearl Harbor to We Are Soldiers. Um, what, what draws you to a movie or a script? Is it the story, the characters, some ultimate sense of, of moral? I look for stories that, that make me feel more alive and more connected to what matters. And I believe that the only story that I can tell that will move other people is the story that moves me. So uh, while all the, the movies that I've made are different, uh, they all have a common thread of courage and honor and, um, and faith. Well, Mr. Lauren, what do you think? I think he eats too much. He lays against the back of that starting gate like he's in the Caribbean. Secretariat is not afraid, and neither am I. Horse racing is unforgiving for housewives. It's like every other multi-million dollar gamble we housewives make every day. <laughs> All right, then. Let's show them what you're made of. Can you kind of just talk about like how faith drives your art and how you... Um, just how what you believe contributes to the stories you do? Yeah, um, I take the word faith literally, that it is about uh, acting in the absence of knowing. It's about responding to um, a call that um, you don't hear with your senses, but you hear with your heart. And therefore, my movies aren't about my understanding. They're not about my own individual doctrines because I understand those uh, in different ways in different times in my life. But the unchangeable thing is that I believe that there is a God and that God made us to love and that we love God best when we're loving each other. And that is the, um, that's the way I understand my faith, and it's the way I try to live my life. We're out of time. We need six million dollars. We just lost a race that we could not afford to lose. You're guaranteeing that this horse is going to win the Triple Crown. Three races, three states, in just five weeks. Hasn't been done in 25 years. You're that stubborn. I'm that right. She scares me. Good. How do you see that kind of coming out in your films or in, in the movies that you choose to work on? Um, well, I believe that each of us gets confronted with the question of how we are going to live our lives. And we learn that the question of why we are going to live our lives is a question of how we're going to live our lives. And, you know, we, we can't answer the question of how unless we answer the question of why. And that assertion, uh, an assertion of faith, not an assertion of science, but the assertion of faith that we have been created for the sole an eternal purpose of love gives me the why. And I, I like stories in which characters are confronting the why uh, of any action that they take. Uh, so in the case of Secretariat, it's not enough that the woman owns a racehorse and wants to win races. That in itself does not interest me. What does interest me is what does it matter that she has a racehorse? Why does she want to see this horse run? What does that affirm? 
why should we care? Why do I care? Uh, so when I got involved with the story, I wanted to explore what those answers were in her life. Why would she risk uh, everything to let this horse run? Was it selfish or was it something victorious, something that she would, in a, in a, a way of lasting value? Was she giving her family something they would always have? Was she giving the world something that would inspire them? Or was she just one more person trying to gain money and attention and things that, that would fade? So the, those were crucial aspects of the story, and, and they've been, I think, in, in all of the stories that I've done. His name is Secretariat, and he's going to beat them all. Care how many times they tell us we can't do it. I am not giving up. Hey, there's mom. Now that you've gotten their attention, every owner, every trainer, every jockey out there is going to be trying to bring us down. This is about life being ahead of you, and you run at it. You've you've mostly or often told the story of um, of men in Braveheart, and we were soldiers, and this is the story of a woman. What? What is kind of the difference in trying to portray a woman versus a man, and how did you kind of get yourself in that place to do that? Well, that's a great question. Um, I believe that that men find their truest identity when they're engaged in the struggle for something that they know matters, that makes a difference. I think men are are hardwired to want to find a battle worth their blood. And I believe that women want to find that same kind of battle and that women fight the battle with more sophisticated tools, that women know how to create community. Men tend to know how to build fences and women need to, tend to know how to reach across them. And um, I don't mean that that's not, you know, that, that, that both genders don't share some of those traits. But in the case of Penny Chinnery, uh, the fact that she was a mother and had all of the instinct, instincts of wife and mother and the struggle to raise her family in the right way and not only raise her children, but be faithful to the legacy of her father who loved her intensely and taught her a code of honor that was absolute, that was from his heart, and that Penny would be in this position where she was with one hand reaching across to be connected to her family and with another hand was reaching out into the future, wanting to be faithful and, and true to the calling she felt in her own heart to achieve something lasting and beautiful not to give up because other people told her she couldn't do it because what she was trying to do was noble. That is what made this story uh, special for me. Because you're right, my other films have had men as the, as the fulcrum of the whole story, but in this case, it's a woman's heart who is turning the world. You're about to see something! That you ain't never seen before. That was Randall Wallace. Make sure to check out Secretariat in theaters now. You're listening to Katie Herzig. The song is Beautiful Inside, which is playing right now on Relevant.fm. Stacey Clark came through our studios, I guess it was last week. And Chad, you found out that she actually grew up near your hometown, right? Yeah, she did. She grew up uh, outside of Buffalo, which is a couple hours from where I grew up. Um, and what's, we kinda, what's upstate New York like? What's I, like? I think it's like a tundra. Right about now, it's the most beautiful place in the world. 
like this time of the year for this week. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was going to say come February, March, you want to be out of there. Um, that's beautiful of there. Nice. But, uh, yeah. So she was like, do you know this person? I was like, yeah, I kind of do. Like, do you know this person? Like we find out we've worked at the same festivals before. Um, so it's like we met each other before, but we didn't really know it. Did you ever date? No, okay. we did not. <laughs> they probably would. Are you that. sure? <laughs> we, we exchanged MySpace contact info. <laughs> yeah, we did a lot of MySpace in back in the day. <laughs> As you do. But, uh, but it was interesting talking to her, you know, um, she made the move out to California and just her thoughts on breaking into the music business and trying to be a, a young Christian girl, uh, kind of on your own, the importance of developing a community of believers around you, um, just because of the way the industry is and, and, uh, just the way Hollywood is out there. Um, and she really has her head on straight and it was really cool to hear her thoughts on, uh, on life and community and just living out her Christian faith in the entertainment industry. So Very props, cool. props to her. Very cool. Well, here's Stacey Clark performing your brand new song. Hold on. In your search of perfection, your life's a contradiction. You spent all of your money, got nothing left to show. A disease, you can't shake it. Want more from the taste The rain is coming down You've got no place left to go To go Hold on oh, Be strong Don't give up Prescription that kills, but you need it refilled. Or oh, try it once, it'll take your pain away. You're right, cause I feel nothing. For once I am not running, but I'm standing still. Tell me, do you feel the same? The same. That was Stacy Clark. If you want to watch the music video for Hold On, check it out on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. If you've got visions of the past, let them follow you down, for they'll come back to you someday.
You're listening to First Aid Kit. The song is called Ghost Town. And is that, that is real? that is not fake. Really? Yeah. According to Chad, <laughs> that's a real song oh. that we were listening it, it, to. You know, it's just Chad goofing around in the studio one night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, like it's actually him. It's my side project. <laughs> yeah. He's, his feelings are hurt yeah. that we think it's a <laughs> fake sounding. It's name. like the poor person that designed the Gap logo. <laughs> 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 they're out of a job. So they're definitely poor. Oh, man. They could join your band. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, Design my CD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It would be, it'd be the worst selling CD ever. Um, Okay, it's time for your feedback. Last week, we asked you what you would want to be buried with. Um, We also had kind of a secondary follow-up question, and we we asked which nonprofit organizations uh, were operating as for-profit in reality, and and you felt like they should be called out by the IRS. So two totally different things here. Um, So you went over to relevantmagazine.com, you clicked on the podcast episode page, and here are some of your replies. Uh, Elizabeth Bentley says, uh, I would like to be buried with Cameron and Maya. <laughs> so because well, you said you'd be married with me. And, and she Maybe says, but she says, hopefully they're dead. Oh, God. So, um, <laughs> she says, dead? totally kidding, but, uh, it'd be tight. It'd be uh, tight squeeze. Uh, shockingly. Um, I was, uh, I'm, I'm, can't, I'm surprised. She says, I would like to be buried with my Bible. Uh, Dr. Pepper, uh, the drink, not the person. <laughs> and some five-hour energy for the days I'm feeling sluggish while six feet under. Uh, I figure the three major items getting me through life should suffice while I'm dead as well. Uh, so I don't know if you're included in those three things, Cameron and Maya, but she's, uh, yeah, she wants to be buried with you, which is a little weird. Mark Shoemaker says he doesn't really care much what he's wearing when he's buried as long as it's cotton. <laughs> Everything else is too itchy. <laughs> yeah, you got to be comfortable. You know? And he wants some music piped in. Uh, he wants uh, Avet Brothers in ELO, which I think would get old. I mean, they're great, but I mean, come on. That, that'd get old for eternity, just those two albums. I, I would kind of want some sort of cloud music service to just be on random. Like Relevant FM. Yes. <laughs> you, That's you what would, I would want. You piped have Relevant in. FM piped in. Um, all right. Th- this is a good one from uh, Max. Uh, it looks like his name is. Harnish Ferger. So that's him. All right. <laughs> so I, I really butchered that. Uh, sorry, Max. And that's all. I'm not even going to read it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, okay. He's hoping that in the distant future, uh, the, you know, of course, by the time that someone maybe would uh, look, be, be like archaeologists would be uncovering these graves from back when he was buried, that by that time we'll finally just have the universal uniform jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. Um, as we all know, mm-hmm. that's the direction it's going to go in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with the big triangle collar mm-hmm. I'm picturing. Um, and so because of that, the collared shirt will be obsolete. Um, and, and so archaeologists will be really fascinated to see Max in a coffin with a necktie. But wait, he's going to throw these archaeologists and possible, possibly the future understanding of our culture through a loop because along with wearing a necktie, he's going to be holding a primitive spear. Okay. So really, he just wants to mess with future explorers. And, you know, he's, he's guessing that maybe the future um, uh, historians will think that ties weren't a dressy item, but they were some sort of superstitious hunting item. Nice. So I like where he's going. I like messing with people in the future. That's good. Uh, Kiki Pounds wrote in. She said, I'd like to be buried in my very first band shirt, which was Reliant K. Uh, it's, it's currently safely hidden in a Ziploc bag under my cedar chest at my parents' house. She says, if it doesn't fit, I bought it when I was 13. Make it fit. I thought, if it doesn't fit, give it a couple months. It'll fit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right? Yeah. Any well, actually, you kind of swell up first, don't you? And then you go down? I don't know. I haven't, I don't know. I haven't been there. When does rigor mortis set in? That happens right after you die. Right after. We'll yeah. all hit yeah. rigor mortis. Okay. I think it, it's a little... What about the gout? The bloating? <laughs> I don't know about That's the gout. That's only if you're like left under the stairs for a long time. Okay. What? If you're found right away... What about seven? Like, that's, that's a very specific. She watches so many crime shows. Okay. It is, I, w- I was going to say, in no death scenario, not that I have many, but in none of them have I left under stairs. <laughs> <laughs> it did. If you're left out or if you're in the water, 
if they oh, don't, if in they the don't water. Fi- if they don't find you right away, basically, even if you're under the stairs, you'll blow it up some. That's what I'm thinking is the water under situation. the stairs. I still can't get around this very specific example that you're using. I'm just trying to think of somewhere that maybe you're putting some storage. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to creep you out. I'm going to creep you out, Cameron. You have a little nook under the stairs at your house, don't yeah. you? Yeah, I do. I would check. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it kind of wraps around too, or part does. where you don't really. There's go a very guy often. with a tie and a spear. In it. <laughs> <laughs> I find and a, wearing a Reliant K shirt. I'm like, what? <laughs> I uh, with this feedback, I find a little irony that the uh, the t shirt is hidden in a Ziploc bag in a cedar chest. Mm. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's been buried. Yep. Mm-hmm. She also wants to have her uh, cat thrown in with her. Right. If he's available. If he's available. Right. Uh, Ian uh, says, my one item I'd want to be buried with is my autographed Dale Murphy Atlanta Braves jersey for Bobby Cox retiring. Yeah. Which doesn't make sense. Because Bobby Cox's last game was this week when the Braves were unceremoniously swept. But uh, wouldn't you want to be buried with the Bobby Cox jersey? Or just with Bobby Cox. <laughs> yeah. He'll since, be available. Since we're burying people with people, apparently. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, so it just seemed like a weird connection. Yeah, Scott said he's going to be uh, cremated, but he wants to have his iPod cremated his... with him. Yeah, when that just, just melt? Just well, maybe just tossed in on top of its ashes. Okay, he wants his iPod. So he just, wants, his Star he Wars just wants it to be a little dusty. A copy of Mere Christianity. Really, not the Bible, just Mere Christianity. And a copy of Actung Baby. Actung Baby. It's a U two album. It's a, <laughs> it's a what? It's not a sound effect. It's the greatest U2 album ever. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I think it's better than Joshua Tree. Really? I'm sorry. Uh, really? For I think that there are certain songs on the Joshua Tree that are the best U2 songs ever, but as a whole album, I think Octune Baby is better. Hmm. Hmm. I kind of got burned out on U2. I'm just not, I don't know. I just get very indifferent when people talk about you don't, it. Now. You don't care about social justice issues? Is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, I, I could care less. Arcade yeah. Fire is the new U2. Arcade Fire is U2 for our generation. What? Yes. Oh, wow. They have the oh, wow. the anthems, the spiritual content. They have they they did things that are groundbreaking. They they took music up a level and when you saw them live, when early U2 or current Arcade Fire, you had a spiritual experience. You had a religious experience seeing them live and there aren't many artists who who have ever done that. And that was actually what was defining about U2. And I think Arcade Fire has superseded them. Mm-hmm. At least or mm-hmm. become what they right. were for our generation. Right. And I agree that mm-hmm. U2 has kind of, you know, run their course a little bit, but I did see them last year and live, they still are a spiritual experience. I saw them twice and yeah. say, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I don't have anything against them. I, th- I just think they just kind of oversaturated them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they were just everywhere and they're all everyone cared about. And, you know, I just kind of got burned out of it. You yeah. know? Yeah. We saw the tour you're talking about and uh, the encore, the very end, he came out and in Chicago opening weekend, he came out and by himself on the stage, just started singing Amazing Grace acapella. And when he was done, this one guitar note hit and hung there for mm-hmm. like a minute and eventually went into where the streets have no name. Yeah. He did that in D.C. when I saw Yeah, him. and he it did it in Tampa, like, oh, too. I mean, when I saw Chicago, I was like, oh. And then I was like, oh, man. But it it was epic. Yeah. I mean, that was pretty amazing. Anyway. Okay, well, that'll do it for your feedback. Now it's time for the question of the week. Editorial question of the week. Okay, so in this podcast, we had uh, an interview with filmmaker Randall Wallace, which got us thinking about movies. Also, this week is the 25th anniversary mm-hmm. of the seminal film, Back to the Future. So Maya was, Maya was regaling us with an anecdote when we were off air uh, that, that uh, Michael J. Fox was actually not the original Marty McFly, that another that? actor was cast for the role and they did five weeks of shooting before yeah. finally firing him and <laughs> casting Michael J. Fox, which is embarrassing on an Horrible. epic level. Yeah, And you can see that footage on the... 25 anniversary DVD. Can you really? Yeah, if you buy it. That's trilogy. incredible. That That's actually worth actually maybe. They yeah. never paid the guy either. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, thinking about Randall Wallace, thinking about films, thinking about Braveheart, and then, you know, maybe if we knew what we know about Mel Gibson today, would he have actually been cast as Braveheart? Anyway. Yeah, that's why <laughs> I have my picture of Seagal yeah. as the original. Seagal. Oh. Uh, and then he would have a reality <laughs> show of, today. Instead of going, freedom, he would just go, freedom. <laughs> <laughs> so it got us thinking that we should ask you 
what what characters, what main characters in kind of iconic movies would you recast in hindsight? Would you recast? Um, so we want you to go over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and right there in the comments, post your answers to what movies would you recast and then who would you put in, in, in the main roles? Who would you recast as the horse and secretariat? <laughs> Cigar guy <laughs> from the Tiger Woods shoot. Yes. Sarah, a manatee. Sarah Jessica Parker. I just think it'd be really interesting if a manatee oh, won the triple crown. <laughs> Against all odds, a manatee, a fish at a water story. <laughs> it, well, they, the tagline's like an unbelievable true story. That would be unbelievable if Never it was a manatee. It, yeah. Yeah. If a manatee not only could beat horses in races, but in fact won the triple crown. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, you buried the lead. <laughs> um, yeah, so we want to know who who uh, who else you would recast. Hmm. So good for Michael Michael J. Fox. Feeling that sad for the other guy. Family ties would never have been the same if didn't he have a breakthrough? No, he was in Family Ties and then got mm-hmm. Back to the Future. That's what right. Is that how it worked? You know, the irony is is that that guy is making his debut on a 25th anniversary DVD. <laughs> he actually works at he works at a DVD store right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nothing wrong with working at a DVD store. But. That's a pretty epic pickup line, though. The, the, yeah. If you're the guy like working at the video store, you'd be like, you know, you know, I'm in that one. You know, <laughs> and then his manager steps up behind him, and it's Mallory from Family Ties oh. with one <laughs> one earring on the right ear lobe. Didn't she go Christian for a while? No, no. Mallory's the boyfriend, I think. Mallory? No. Was the sister? No. The boyfriend had had a. Oh, had a, Nick. Oh, I thought he had a girl's name. No, no, no. His name is Nick. Hey. Hey. And he had the dangling hey. ear. ear yeah, yes. the, yeah. Are you sure it was Nick? Yeah. I'm po- I, I thought I could have sworn it was. No, like, I'm positive. Yeah. Right. I, I really like that. I show. butchered that. Never mind. <laughs> Mallory is the sister. Um, no wonder I never got the show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so write in. Who would you recast in movies historically, and why? And and what would your recasting do for the film? You know, kind of cast your vision for us. Uh, just post them there in the podcast episode page. If you want to call in to the podcast hotline and have your answer played on the air. Call us at 407-660-1411. We're at extension 126. On that note, we'll wrap it up. Many thanks to Stacy Clark for coming through. You can check out her new uh, video uh, for No Wait uh, on our podcast episode page. You can check out more of her music at myspace.com slash Stacy Clark. And many thanks to Randall Wallace. His new movie, Secretariat, is in theaters now. Go check it out. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Maya Strang. I'm Josh Loveless. I'm Justin Carey. For Chad Michael Snavely. We'll see you next week. But I rock a diamond pistol by my waist. And this is real life. It's so efficient. We get our money right. We have a diamond pistol. This is real life. It's so efficient. We get our money right. We have a diamond pistol. This is real life. It's so efficient. We get our money right. We have a diamond pistol. This is real life. It's so efficient. We get our money right. Thanks for listening to the Relevant Podcast. For more, go to relevantmagazine.com. A diamond pistol's at my waist, I know you see it gleaming. The fire's burning in my eyes, I know you see him steaming. I know you see me dreaming about the diamond light. Hot pockets.